Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am not your host because I'm bad at podcasting, Cortland Wagner, and this is my co-host, Josh. Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta insert those last names. Oh yeah. Social media searches go. No, okay, don't do that. Uh, Anyways, welcome to our second episode of our film comparison tentative title podcast, where we are going to dive in and discuss the film comparison versus the book of Jurassic Park by Michael Carton and the film by Steven Spielberg. And I just want to say that they're both freaking amazing. They are. They're almost completely different genres entirely, like book and film, but I still love them both. (laughs) Uh, Why would you say that? So, like, I see, like, the movie itself is more geared, it's like a family, family film, I guess you could call it, like, action-adventure family film, that type of thing, but the novel is just straight-up gory and horror (laughs) Uh, at at times, and also, I guess it's not extremely horror, but it's more graphic. It is very violent. Also, the novel gets way more into, like, the, I guess, what's the word for it? philosophical is that a good word well or it's the scientific aspect of yeah there's a very scientific element of it because uh, if anybody anybody familiar with michael crichton he has a medical degree he got it i think in the 50s or 60s I, i haven't done too much research on the guy but most of his novels tend to base around something medical he even started I think he had a hand in starting the show ER. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I do know that. Yeah. That was a thing. And uh, so, yeah, this this novel, I think, is more of a cautionary tale against bioengineering. Yeah. About, like, why, like, you can do things, but you shouldn't always be just up and do it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's been thrown by the wayside is people doing things because they can. They're throwing their morals by the wayside. Scientists in particular. Absolutely. And that's just like (laughs) the entirety of Malcolm's character in both stories. (laughs) Like, he's just trying to send that message to the audience like, hey, uh, you can do it, but have you ever stopped to think you should do it? Yep. Not the exact quote from the movie and I think book. But you get, you get the idea. <laughs> it was. It, it actually was in the book. Yeah, he says it differently in the book, though. I forgot how he mm-hmm. worded it. But in the movie, it's like... Your scientists were so preoccupied with, with whether they could that they didn't stop to think whether they should. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm's such a freaking psycho, but I love him. <laughs> <laughs> in both iterations. Awesome. Uh, Go ahead. I was just saying it really quick. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is just a treasure. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a national treasure. Um, yeah, a lot of the characters in this novel, along with many other Michael Crichton novels, he, he really makes his characters stand out. He really gives the characters depth. Mm. He uh, gives them personality. Um, Malcolm, Ian Malcolm, he's a... Uh, He's the chaos theorist who 
everybody hates but knows he's, he's right. They just don't want to admit it. Yep. Um, Dr. Alan Grant, he's very uh, respected. He's very respected and people look up to him. Uh, he also has a sense of, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, um, I guess just practical common sense. Like he he uses his knowledge to of of the Jurassic period and dinosaurs in general to make judgments on the situations that they're in, mm -hmm. and helps everyone around him survive and get through it all. And it's pretty much how it went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lex was annoying as shit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Compared to the film. The novel version of Lex is like the most annoying thing I have ever listened to. Because like I read the audio, I read the audio book of this, and like, good God, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a child! <laughs> she is a child though, so it's it, I mean, it's to be expected. She's, but Jesus Christ, she <laughs> and she is like a fucking uh, sports fanatic, like. What? Yeah, she. It's because her dad, their parents were getting divorced, and she yeah. she sided with her dad. Mm -hmm. and, and Tim is the smarter one. He's also one thing I don't. Now that I've read the book, because I read the book years and years later after I've seen them film, like probably the majority of the audience, I didn't. I didn't necessarily enjoy Spielberg's swap of the personalities of the kids and the age as well. I feel like they should have kept that. The way it was because I like it felt more interesting that way at least I think I actually disagree with that like, I, I think I think Spielberg did a good job with that and I, I think Lex was not anywhere near as annoying in the movie as she was in the book no thankfully and Tim wasn't either it's just he was I guess more of a smart ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess it was cool that oh Let's make the the girl be the hacker, right? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I felt it, like it worked better with Tim, <laughs> in a way. I do think the novel flowed better than the movie. Absolutely. It's there. God, the novel. I'll have to admit, the novel is a freaking masterpiece. God, I love the novel so much. After I like set sat down and just absorbed it after I finished reading it, but now I'm torn because the movie was like my thing. I loved it so much but the novel is just so much more and so much better. <laughs> I hate it. I'm, I'm having trouble processing that. I just thought Jurassic Park was like the best thing ever. No. Now I read the book. I'm sorry Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I, think this, I think the movie was amazing. I think... Uh, it, it's still one of my favorites of all time. At, at least Crichton was actually heavily involved in the making of the film. So yeah, which I think, I think they stayed very. I think they stayed pretty dang close to the, to the source material. In Comparatively this one. to our first entry in our podcast, yeah, The Shining. Jesus Christ, that was bad. Uh, from the, page to film translates way better in Jurassic Park because like the pretty much the entire structure of the story is there and you get all that but there's little filler pieces here and there but you, you get the gist of the story you don't just like oh there's this thing and you have no explanation as to why that is or how it came to be yeah. <laughs> in The Shining but <laughs> <laughs> here we are <laughs> anyways 
So, uh, um, the I, first half of the book, the first half of the book actually, uh, uh, half is too much. Third, you say third of the book before they get to the island. It's mainly him talking sure, about the. Yeah. It's mainly. It's mainly him setting up the characters, giving them depth and all that stuff, which is, it's necessary. You need that. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> the, it's, uh, he's going in depth about the, uh, about the park and how they did the things, how they set it up, the structure of the park, the um, biology of the park, really. Uh, the events that lead up to how the people ended up on the island. Yeah. And what, what the chain reaction that led to that moment. <laughs> Nedry was more more of a he was actually a genius in this novel. It's just he was he made one mistake and that caused him to mess up his whole plan from his perspective, Nedry. In, Nedry's an interesting character. He gets I feel like he gets about the same amount of screen time in both the movie and the novel though. He does, really. Yeah. So it's kinda hard to judge on that one. Uh, one thing that stood out to me the most in the novel is the fact that Gennaro not only survives, but he is almost an entirely different character in the novel. Exactly, <laughs> yes. I was t kind of taken aback, but I'm like, wait, no, so he's not dead on a toilet? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that stupid blood-sucking lawyer? <laughs> that's what I was looking for in the book, too. I I've read it before, but I just forgot that's what happened. Like, I was impressed. I'm like, hell, he's an interesting character. I thought he wasn't, but I guess he is. <laughs> he had a, yeah, a whole lot more depth. And he survives all the way to the end. He gets on the helicopter at the end. <laughs> Unlike Malcolm, which is sad. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know if we're doing Lost World anytime soon or discussing that book, but... It's definitely in the future. I do know that Malcolm gets revived by the author himself. It's like, hey, no, he's not actually dead. He's he's alive. <laughs> Spoilers. I don't know if you even knew that. Yeah, with, with uh, Jurassic World, right? Oh, with, God. I don't know. I can't <laughs> fucking Jurassic World. <laughs> yes, you heard it here first. Jurassic World is the sequel <laughs> to the Jurassic Park novel. God, fuck it. Uh, but no, like in the Lost World novel, like he's actually yeah. gets revived. Like they say, oh, he's not actually dead. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. We don't. This, this is not that podcast. Jurassic World doesn't have a novel to go off of. Jurassic World sucks. Hey, now. Opinions matter. Spicy opinions. Opinions matter here, AMC. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired, AMC. Okay. Uh, speaking of AMC, those stonks, though. Uh, no, I'm getting sidetracked. Where was I? Uh, Gennaro. Uh, so, like, I think his replacement, I guess you would say, for where he died, Ed Regis is the character around that time period that he dies in the movie. I don't know if he really added much to the story in the novel. <laughs> he was just kind of there, I felt. <laughs> kind of. Like, I barely remembered anything he did, really. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Same. Same. I'm, I'm trying to think and I can't find anything. I, this is a bad podcast. I brought up a character trying to make a discussion point. We have nothing. This is great. Well, that's telling about the character. <coughs> it's either telling about the character or telling about yeah. our reading skills. All right. So anyways, uh, yeah, Ed Reach is basically just Gennaro 
the Gennaro of the film. Like, I think he uh, ended up being in the same car as uh, the kids. Because I think it was pretty he much was. it was pretty much the same setup as it was in the movie. Like you have the adults in the one car, and then the quote unquote lawyer. I don't know if Ed was actually a lawyer, and the kids in the other car, and then he just bolts. I think and just leaves. I'm wait, not was t- wait was it was Gennaro that was the lawyer, right? Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it was Gennaro and the kids in that in that car. Yeah, in the but, novel too. Well, no, Gennaro never went in the cars. Period. He was then it was Ed Regis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so Ed was the. Yeah, he did. He did get killed. It was by the uh, the the T Rex, the, the baby, baby T Rex. Yeah, which <laughs> that's another thing we we're gonna be discussing at some point or other during this, however long it is. Uh, the movie itself actually does take elements from like, or the novel itself. Uh, the sequel movies take elements from the novel and put them in there, but like they're they were actually supposed to be in like the first, the first story. <laughs> yep. Um, like the aviary. Like the aviary was not introduced until the third movie, and the baby T Rex was in the Lost World movie. I don't know if if there's anything about a baby T Rex in the novel, The Lost World, but but like I felt like those elements were taken and just like sprinkled in the other films. <laughs> So, like, not everything is there in the first movie. So, yeah, he gets killed by the baby T-Rex. Uh, the same ending occurs, like, the ending of that scene in the novel, as, like, the, in the movie as in the novel, in that, like, where uh, the kids are attacked and they're, like, badly beaten up and bloodied and all that crap. Way more in the in the novel than the movie, by the way. <laughs> Uh, Grant never and Malcolm never actually help them. They have to be on their own for a little while. Yeah. And then Grant eventually finds them in the trees and whatnot and helps them out. But, like, in the movie, that never happens. They just get right to where they're all together the entire time. <laughs> but, like, that that ends up happening anyway. So I, I can... F- that, that detail is not as bad. I do think... I don't know if... I don't know if I just... I just think seeing it is more impactful than reading it. I don't know, but I think the movie did a very damn good job at that car scene whenever the T-Rex broke out. Yeah, that was... I I don't know if I would say it's my favorite scene, but I think it's one of them. It's definitely one of my favorite scenes. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. Because in the the novel, the the Jeeps, they did not have a, a glass roof. So the T-Rex didn't charge down and bite at him through the glass. It didn't do that. It um, In the novel, it just beat up the car, tossed it side to side, and what did it do? It stood it up on its hind, like on its back, and then like tried to bite down on the front. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. And it bloodied itself and then picked up the car, shook it, then... Lexi mm-hmm. fell out, and <laughs> the ch- the car just got chunked into the trees. Yeah, and that's how uh, Tim. I think he still gets stuck in the tree. In the he does. The, yeah, he does. But he has to get out himself. I don't. I don't remember Grant doing that, or he comes and helps him out. Something like that. No, Grant didn't help him out. It was. It was all <laughs> Tim. Tim got out. He threw up everywhere. Yeah, the th- and the throwing up part stayed in. Like. 
Yeah. <laughs> like in the movie when Grant just climbs up to the trees like and they're up. It's like I won't, I won't tell anybody. That, that was kind of a cute moment though. <laughs> it was. That's not. And the other thing is, I remember distinctively like Lex was like in like extremely freaked out, and she was just hiding in that same uh, sewer pipe that yep. was shown in the movie before she ever went out and like met up with the others. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Tim saw her. He's just like, "Hey, you you can come out now <laughs> and save." <laughs> Trying to calm her down and like that. Yeah, that was. I feel like that would have been a more impactful scene in the movie. It would have, cause she was she was sitting in the in the in the in the drainage pipe, and she mm-hmm. was rocking back and forth, hitting her head against the side. Yeah, and that, that's a clear <laughs> sign of shock. And uh, I mean, I would be too. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, anybody <laughs> would be. And she was seven, but what, how old was she? I keep saying she was seven and like Tim was 11. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Hang on. Uh, don't mind me as I look at the Wikipedia page. <laughs> we, she's just seven or eight years old. Yeah. So you're right. And then Tim is... All right, well, anyways. We don't know how old Tim is. We, we're going to say he's about 11. Yeah, Tim is definitely the only one in the novel, though, regardless. Uh, anyway, kind of going that same scene-ish with another character, Grant's. Uh, his character is a little bit different in the novel than the movie, too. Like, he his kind of quote-unquote hatred for kids... <laughs> Is yeah, not actually yeah. there. He's just always been kind to them and never like actually cared. It's like they were annoying or whatever. Yeah, he actually in adores kids in the novel. Yeah, and then later he grows to, he like he they grow on him, over time way faster than they did in the movie. So that was that was a weird choice, I guess. I guess it makes him more relatable in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in in the novel he really liked kids because he would, he's he's a paleontologist. That's what it's called, ain't it? Uh, Where he digs up bones. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's paleontology. But yeah, he let he, it be known. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's one of. The, he is the. Uh, he's a very renowned paleontologist, <laughs> and he he loves whenever he goes to the to museums, dinosaur museums, and places like like that. Yeah. He loves seeing the like kids being awe. Mm. Of dinosaurs, how big they are! They they see these things as um, mysterious or something that can stand up to authority or something. He he actually thought that in the novel. You know, now that you bring that up, I think it's like it's like the kids uh, if they knew if they knew the uh, scientific name for the dinosaur and their parents didn't. It was like a it's like a ha! I'm better than you. <laughs> authority figure yeah i got you yeah <laughs> points finger uh but no i was i was gonna say as you mentioned that i'm starting to think that basically what john john hammond's character was in the film was basically just alan grant in the novel because john hammond's character in the novel is 10 times more psycho than he is yeah he very much psycho he was not not relatable. <laughs> he was well. I mean, he—he's how I would imagine every every 
huge organization CEO would be. Yeah, he's relatable to that. <laughs> Not like... <laughs> like, he, he only cared about the bottom line, and his bottom line was, ooh, tourists. I'm going to make money. so much money, I'm going to rule the world. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and the best part is... Well, I don't know if it's the best part. It could also be the worst part. He never learns his lesson before he dies. <laughs> no. He... Yeah, he did. He did. He died in the novel before, and not in the movie. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> Spoilers, podcasters. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate having to say spoilers before anything. I just like to talk about things. This is a no-filter podcast. Yeah, if you're watching... Uh, watching. If you're listening to this, then just <laughs> assume we didn't give a shit about spoilers. Yeah. We assume that you either read the book Fuck or you, watched norms. the movie. <laughs> read the book, watched the movie, or both. Uh, yeah, anyways. Like, up until the very end, he's still like, oh, my dream. As he gets eaten alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my leg. <laughs> my leg? Essentially what happens. He's like, oh, it my is. leg. As I'm being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish his was more. I wish his death was more brutal though, because he deserved a more brutal death than all the yeah, people. Yeah, I was really surprised. I'm like, I know he's going to die towards the end, and I'm like, okay, so when's it going to be? Is it going to be the Velociraptors, the dinosaur, or whatever? I'm like, oh, it's just the copies. Okay. <laughs> and the copies were. It, it, it's. It's really interesting on how Crichton describes the deaths of all the characters, though. Because it's, it's not like all these other novels where, where uh, people are... I guess I just haven't read all, all the other novels or whatever, but all the other ones I've read anyway. He describes it just enough. It's not like he sits and lingers on the gore. Like, he describes it in very great detail, too. Yeah. He's <laughs> like... Freaking Nedry's death was a lot more brutal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, oh, this a, there's a dinosaur in my car. I'm just gonna pan out and watch the car shake. No, you get to hear, like, oh, his intestines are being held in his hand. The thing spat in his eyes, just like in the movie. Mm -hmm. Just, nom, 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 nom. And it picked him up. It... It did. It spat in his eyes. He went blind. He fell to the ground. It slashed his stomach. It was the. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't pronounce the dinosaur name. It's the uh, Dil Dilophosaurus. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watched the movie earlier today, so I know how to pronounce it. it Only was, reason. <laughs> it was that one. It slashed his stomach, spilled his guts, and then picked him up by his head and just crunched. Yo. Tasty Butterfinger. Don't lay a hand on my Butterfinger. That's what happens when you touch Butterfingers. Exactly. Also a reference to his character. Because when John Hammond says, their lives are in your hands and you have Butterfingers? <laughs> <laughs> Quotes. Um, yeah. Muldoon. <laughs> Let's talk about him. Anyways, uh, Muldoon's another interesting character. He also survived in the novel. Didn't get eaten by the Velociraptors. As yeah, he was. In the movie. Also, I'm pretty sure his character was a little bit different personality-wise between the two. 
he wasn't like, oh, I'm the Australian outback dude who's the hunter who's trying to get the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the movie, now in the novel, he's a lot more serious and like. <laughs> Wu also made a more in, more of an impact in the novel than he did in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Wu, he was introduced whenever you were in the uh, nursery, right? Yeah, like he was. He gets introduced in the same time frame, essentially. I mean, the sequence of events are different because there wasn't a fucking tour like that the way they did it <laughs> in the movie. It was like a theme park ride. They didn't actually do like a theme park ride tour <laughs> in yeah. the novel. But yeah, like the the problem I had though is that he didn't get enough screen time in the first movie. His character is a lot more fleshed out in the sequels. Mainly Jurassic World. That's where you really get a sense of what, what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But, like, Wu, as portrayed in the novel, he's just, like, this eager to make a name for himself scientist who is, like, Hammond's like, okay, I'll give you a chance. I don't care about you in the end, but I'm going to give you a chance. And he ended up creating the dinosaurs for him. Yep. And then Hammond's just like, okay, we're done. <laughs> I don't need you anymore. After, well, backtracking, after he... Everything was revealed that, oh, like, the genetic coding made it to where the animals can breed now. It's mm-hmm. like, oh shit, you fucked up. Now I don't care about you anymore. You're done. <laughs> and he just moves on. So that was the thing. <laughs> like, even Wu himself is like, oh, I didn't fucking know this would happen. <laughs> yeah, it was all, it was mainly Dr. Grant and mm-hmm. Malcolm who figured out everything. Like, why yeah. they were, why all the dinosaurs were breeding. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, that makes sense as to why, like, going to Jurassic World, like, he's just surprised that, oh, the Indominus Rex can camouflage now? Oh, shit, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that part of his character, I think, transitioned over to Jurassic World, which is something that I noticed. Uh, He does eventually die by the Velociraptors. Same thing pretty much happened, like, with Nedry, like, his... Guts are just spilling out, and he's just getting eaten alive. So that was that was something. <laughs> Can't bring him back for the sequels. <laughs> Shouldn't. I I think. But he's the reason the sequels exist. I want to know what this movie would be like if it was actually just straight up by the book. I think I wonder it, if it would actually be better or if it would be worse. I think it would be a lot better, honestly. Maybe keep some of I the. I can't decide keep some of the hype elements from the movie because let's be honest here the build up to the T-Rex was a lot better in the movie than it was in the novel because going back to that in the they did take the same tour like they're on their cars and whatnot and they mm-hmm. go through the island and one of the first things they see is the T-Rex paddock and the goats come up but you actually see them getting eaten by the T-Rex they see the T-Rex there initially it's not hidden Yep. Like in the movie, and then the surprise factor happens later. Like it's like okay, you see it, and then you, they come back later in the, in the storm, see it again. So it's not as exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's just more nerve wracking because Crichton does a good job of of uh, anticipation and suspense. It's like you know something is going to happen, and you're waiting for it to happen, but he keeps you in that suspense of not knowing when it's going to happen. Yeah. I can agree with that. I do. I do agree with that. I think that the buildup was way better in the, in the movie mm. for the T Rex than it was in the novel. It's just you didn't. 
I think they kind of had to do that too. Know when it was going to happen in the, no- in the novel. Yeah, I think they kind of had to do it too because, um, you know, it's a movie, it's a blockbuster. You need to have some hype to it and whatnot. You have to have the intense buildup for like the main event that's going to happen mm-hmm. later. So I think it translated well to screen for sure. And I honestly, Definitely. if they were to, for some reason, let's say rewrite the novel, I would rather have that as. A, a scene in the novel than uh, what they did. <laughs> yeah. Just makes more sense to me. I'm a movie guy. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I like the hype. I like the hype train. <laughs> Book person. You're so lame. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen here. Look, all I'm saying is the most iconic sound, well, one of the most iconic sounds in history is just the. True. <laughs> T-Rex. And you see the water cup just vibrating. It's so great. Gotta, it is a great movie. You gotta love it. <laughs> God, that scene in the movie, though, that car scene in the movie is still my favorite scene of the movie and possibly of all my, all the movies I've seen. I'm trying to th- still trying to think of what my favorite scene. scene would be. I do love that initial, like, uh wide panning shot I guess is what it's called of like them entering the island and then the, you hear the blaring music the exciting music of Jurassic oh, Park oh whenever they're first entering yeah yeah. when they first see the island it's a really good one the music in the movie is fantastic I love the music John Williams greatest music he's a fucking legend he is the goat <laughs> <laughs> as the kids say we're hip to be square. I fucking love John. He's freaking amazing. <laughs> Gotta love him. And Spielberg too. I think they do they did a lot of crap together. They're I think they were like the best pair when it comes to like blockbuster films. <laughs> they are. He well, to be fair, he does he takes a lot of well it's very widely done in the music world, but they take inspiration from others. Hmm. I mean, everybody takes inspiration from everybody, everybody at does. some point. Everybody does. It's just, you hear his music in certain movies, and it's actually, it sounds better than how it would be in the original version of it. Because uh, I wish I had an example off the top yeah, of my head. I, I think I understand what you're saying. I wish yeah. I had an example of what of somebody that he's, for lack of a better word, imitated. Mm. But yeah. I wouldn't say he imitated as much as he just, I would say, improved upon somebody else's work. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he, I think I'm following you. I wish I had an example because none immediately come to mind, but I know he's done some. Yeah. Scripted podcast. <laughs> he made the score for uh, Harry Potter. He did, yeah. And he did, uh, I'm pretty sure, E.T. Jaws, E.T., Star Wars. You know all the famous movies he's made. He's made the score for Jurassic Park and Jaws, of course, are also Spielberg. Like I said, they they do great stuff together, guys. I've never seen Jaws. <laughs> You've never seen Jaws? No. <laughs> okay, you, that's probably a good thing because you'd never go in the ocean again. No, uh, I have a friend who her favorite animal is sharks. I'm like the opposite. I fucking fear sharks. <laughs> Well, the that, ocean is not my favorite place, let's just say. 
Well, that movie would probably scare the shit out of you. It that's would. It's, that's why I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it's rated PG. I don't... Everything was rated PG back <laughs> in those days. <laughs> there's... Okay, speaking of PG movies, there's this one movie that I saw last year, late last year, and it's, I guess, known as one of the greatest comedies of all time, which I would disagree with, because I didn't find it as funny as I think I would have. Or I should have, I should say. Uh, Airplane. That movie is rated PG. Airplane. And there's tits in it. <laughs> so, the the early stages of movies were fucking weird with the ratings. Nowadays, everybody's like, oh, we gotta censor everything. <laughs> wasn't Blazing Saddles PG, or was that PG-13? You know, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that would be PG. You can look it up, I guess. But... I've never seen that movie either. Gosh, fucking damn it. I'm, I need to see Blazing Saddles. I do, too. There's so many classic movies that I need to see. We're getting so sidetracked here. Yes, we are. We're talking about ratings now, which is a whole topic in itself these days. God, in more ways than one. Uh, oh, it was rated R. Oh. Okay, that makes sense, I think. It does. What little I remember hearing about it. Uh, anyways. So... Oh, that's another character we haven't mentioned yet at all, surprisingly. Uh, Sadler's character, Ellie. She was actually very much the same, I would say. Well, for the most part, I think. So, in the novel, and this is something that Steven Spielberg insisted on implementing in the film, I learned. Uh, in the novel, she gets very little to do. She has almost nothing going for it. Like story-wise in the in the book, but in the movie she gets more fleshed out, and actually has a more uh, main role in the film, because like Steven Spielberg's, Spielberg's like, well, there's not much with this character we can do, so let's just bump her up to like second main protagonist. <laughs> Which I, I kind of think was a good thing. Yeah, I think I, it was a good thing. I enjoyed her character a lot. <laughs> I do think she had a, a, a very important role in, in the novel, though, because she was taking care of uh, Malcolm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. That's uh, why... With, with Dr. Harding. Yeah, she was taking care of Malcolm, because Malcolm, unlike the movie, um, <laughs> well, very much like the movie, to be honest, um, she he gets out of the car and starts running, and that's whenever the T-Rex... it. Picks him up, bites him, shakes him, and throws him. Yeah. It doesn't go into a. Uh, that part I didn't it doesn't go about. The it doesn't go into the bathroom and see Ed Regis there. Mm -hmm. Ed Regis. I don't he even gets, know. Did he go to a bathroom? <laughs> no, no. Ed Regis, whenever he ran, he ran to, to a group of rocks in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And funny. then he comes out and the baby T Rex kills him later after everything's said and done. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, Malcolm, yeah. T-Rex, picks him up, throws him, and whenever he lands, he gets like, a compound fracture on one of his legs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, knocks I him unconscious. I forgot about that. I should have remembered that. Like, he actually did, does get picked up. He doesn't get torn in half or anything. He somehow manages to stay alive during yeah, that. The, the reason why, though, is because they, they actually mentioned it in the novel. They said, they said that the... <laughs> The T-Rex has strong neck muscles for ripping and tearing, but mm -hmm. the, but weak jaw muscles. Yeah, the, the weak jaw muscles. Which is why the T-Rex is kind of like a dog in that aspect where it just kind of th 
Uh, picks them up and throws them around. Like a ragdoll. <laughs> yep. It's really interesting. <laughs> and so he had puncture marks all over his torso and everything, and then he fell and broke his leg because the T-Rex is huge. <laughs> My leg. <laughs> it's just the meme for this episode. He. Uh, Everybody's legs are injured. Yeah, Sattler was taking care of him, mm-hmm. and eventually she actually... Didn't she actually go to the power shed again in the novel, the same as the movie? No. So I know she. I that, know that's why she. Went after that's Arlen. why a lot of what she does, uh, like she takes over what other characters do in the movie, because Grant was actually the one who went and turned on the power. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Which that's, honestly yeah, that's threw true. me off because he didn't seem like a character that would go and do that. It just felt... I, I just love the movie too much. It just threw me off. I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> so, like, the similar thing happens. Like, he goes... Be, like, he gets in contact. They end up getting the power on enough to where they could... No, they have radios. That's what it was. Yeah, they get into contact with each other physically before they set off and try to get the power on and stuff. So they have radios with them. And I think Ellie... Muldoon or Gennaro, whichever group of people, combination group of people were there, walking him through it. Like, he goes to, like, leaves the kids at the visitor center, just like he does in the movie, but he actually has a mission, not just like, oh, I'm just going to meet up with the others. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of similar from film to novel, that that whole uh, group of scenes, but it's a little different. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where Arnold was at the time, but he still ends up getting eaten by a Velociraptor. (laughs) I think he was in the power shed whenever that happened, too. Yes, he was. He was. He was. So that that was, I think, the same. Because, yeah, he was the one who left his shoe in the door, and then he looked around and saw saw the dinosaur there. Yeah. It's like, that's what I like about this. Like, the majority of the scenes are almost identical. It's just some details are a little bit different. Whether they make it work better or worse, it's up to you, really. <laughs> yeah. We're just discussing how we feel about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like, I did like following um, Grant and the kids' journey back to the visitor center. Mm-hmm. That was that a lot was more detailed. Very much more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. The whole T Rex scene out in the field still happens. Yep. Just a little bit differently, I think. But there's no fucking electric fence. <laughs> Yeah, Tim, didn't, Tim did, they didn't have to do mouth-to-mouth in the novel. That's not true. So, it was a different scenario. It was I don't know what Lex got caught up in, but Grant had to do that to Lex at some point. I, I actually, I was listening to that part on the way up here. Oh, were you? Yeah, I actually did. <laughs> I, what, and so, he almost, he almost did, and that's whenever she coughed. Oh, right, and right, right, right. she spit up the water right. and everything, and gotcha, she gotcha. puked at the same time. Oh, wait, was that when they were in the river? Yeah. Which also was a thing that was completely cut. <laughs> they should have left all of this in the original, because they could have mm. made this... Yeah, now we're getting into the oh, aviary part of the whole sh- thing. That was a cool scene in the novel. Yeah, like at some point, they end up going along the river. It's like, okay, well, we can get there faster by... Because Tim found, finds a raft. At first, everybody was like, wait, but did you really find a raft? Yeah. <laughs> and Grant eventually finds the thing that literally says raft, and it's like, oh, yeah, you did find a raft. <laughs> I'm like, take it, guys. 
That is actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> so they find the raft and they make it to the river and or the lagoon and there was the was it the baby T Rex or the the big T Rex? I think it was, it was the one big, of them that was sleeping. The big T Rex was sleeping. Yeah, so yeah. they had to sneak past it and get on the river and they woke it up. Lex Because Lex is a <laughs> Lex is a, she's a freaking idiot. <laughs> she goes as far as to like consistently taunts the dinosaurs even after they're out of danger. It's like you're making your situation worse. Yes. <laughs> Quoting Sean Connery in the Last Crusade, our situation has not improved. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite quotes. Anyways, yeah, she be- <laughs> she coughed and the thing woke up. She just explodes in this huge fit of coughing yeah. and wakes up the dinosaur and. And Grant's like, oh my freaking god. And he's trying, he starts rowing as fast as he can. He, like, it's not his fault. Like, because he's so tired and exhausted. He's just so done with Lex. <laughs> he's just like, Tim, you could probably handle yourself. Lex, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he never mentions he, he never mentions it. It's just, you get that vibe from him. He's just like, god. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it alone. <laughs> They like even the kids like the kids have depth, they have history too. So like you uh you hear about their family issues, their parents have their parents are having a divorce. And Lex has taken her dad's side and Tim is just his own person. And yeah. he he does kind of stand with his mom. Mm. It's yeah. So they they have this bickering back and forth about um, you're just on dad's side you're just you're just not his favorite and blah 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 and they just fight back and forth sometimes and it makes it does it makes their situation worse yeah and that's why Lex is annoying because she just brings it up out of nowhere sometimes yeah uh, to be fair she is seven seven or yeah. eight we it's we just, have we have to remind ourselves yeah it's it is it's just. And somehow she became the older one in the movie, but but not as annoying. So it's. I, I guess that was, maybe that's why it's a good change. I guess. I don't true. know. True. I would have. I don't know why I would disagree with the change, but here we are. As we were complaining that she's annoying, <laughs> <laughs> the audience is like, "Oh, what? This guy wants the the ch- change to not happen, so she's still annoying in the movie." <laughs> it's like, uh, I guess. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't know. But anyways, the river. So we were walking down a river. <laughs> oh my god, that, that joke. Inside joke. <laughs> inside jokes are inside. <laughs> Not outside on a river. Um, they were on this river, and <laughs> they, they, they so see this huge one, dome. Yeah. Before. And it's the aviary. Mm-hmm. And it, it has a very good... This part of the novel has a very good introduction. Because it... They, whenever they first encounter it, they just hear the sounds of a blood-curdling scream. And then it goes to the people in the control room, and they're talking about the aviary, the aviary and mm-hmm. where, the places where the people, where Grant and the kids might be. It's and they're like, like, they better not be in the aviary because, they can't be in the aviary because they're going to get attacked, possibly killed. I, it's such a movie moment, too. It's like, you, like... 
I hope this doesn't happen to them immediately cuts to them <laughs> going through the exact scenario. It, yeah. It's 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 such such a good moment. <laughs> yeah. And that actually kinda terrified me a little bit. I forgot how how um oh. impactful that part was on me whenever I yeah. first read it because I don't like I mean, I think bats are cool. Mm-hmm. I think they they're weird. They're weird, and the reason why I'm bringing up bats is because pterodactyl, the way it was described in the novel, looks it looks similar. Yeah, I mean they do like the little like the they have the leathery wings, the, wings, and they have little hands on the wings. Yeah, I j- I think it's creepy as fuck. Now <laughs> this thing is has a 15 foot wingspan, has a head of an alligator, and walks on its wings. It looks and sounds creepy as hell in my head. Oh, so I don't really. Two of my friends, one including my co-host, really loved. I don't know. I guess you. I could say you love Jurassic Park three. I don't love it, but okay. I think it's a. I think it's okay. Well, one of my friends loved it. He thinks it's okay. But my point is, like, they should have just have that have that aviary scene in the first movie because. I'll, the thing I'll give the third movie credit for, I don't really like that much, personally. But, like, that scene was a little terrifying <laughs> in <laughs> watching the movie. And just describe them describing it makes it worse. The Probably a good thing they didn't put it in the family-friendly adventure blockbuster, but Lex just got fucked up by one of them. She those. did. I was actually was thinking kind of she was going to die. It was kind honestly. of funny the way I read it, <laughs> but I I didn't think anything was gonna like bad was gonna happen to her. It, it's just kind of funny how it was described. I think she um, okay. So they get they they're on this river. They they're flowing through the aviary, mm-hmm. and they park the the boat, and they're going to to this building that they see up there they're looking for a phone so they can or something so they can contact somebody yeah i think their main goal is to go to the lodge like right next to the aviary yeah and tell them about the boat but of course they don't know the power's out i think yeah they were they were banking on the power coming back on or no they knew the power was out that's one yeah anyways continue your thought (laughs) and and they get out and then they see the pterodactyls one of them and then they start coming in one two three four mm-hmm. and up high they look really small then they start coming down and then they just air dive straight down and just bomb yeah. them and oh, so one thing i would give you credit for that was kind of funny it's like the build up to that it's like uh they don't eat people right we're, we're safe right and it's like no no they just eat fish are, are, are you sure yeah i'm pretty sure Grant's just like, uh, <laughs> 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 fucking no. <laughs> like he he under he did the research on the animals in his field, of course. So like he knew they eat they ate fish and dived for them and whatnot, because he recognized that they were a different breed of pterodactyl. Yep. Because like I mean he's an expert in his field that's why he's there. Uh, and I said there, but like it's just funny. It's like. Uh, would they eat us? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, he, he just didn't seem very promising to Lexus. Like, hey, are we going to die? <laughs> and the whole situation turns out really funny. It's just, I think the pterodactyl looks and sounds creepy as fuck. It, yeah. The way it's described in the novel. 
another thing that I really found creepy as hell, also, as we go walk down the river, I think that's going to be like our podcast joke now, uh, <laughs> trademarked, uh, is the fucking T-Rex able to swim? I'm like, that? Yeah, that threw me off guard, too. That was I wasn't different. expecting that. <laughs> so, which, honestly, I think, I don't really know what the background trivia details are behind this, but I feel like that might be what inspired, like, that the third act in Jurassic Park 3 is the river, where Alan Grant was also in that scene. Yeah. yeah you know? With the, wait. Is, is that whole portion just, was this just left out for Jurassic Park 3? Was that, is that... I feel like that's just what it was now. Probably. Now I'm, now I'm way more convinced at that. <laughs> like, the kids aren't there, but Grant's still there. He's still in that same scenario, except they're on a boat, not a raft. Yeah. The pterodactyls... Yeah, I'm just baffled. The pterodactyls <laughs> dive bomb, and they're trying to catch one of the kids or, or Grant. Mm. They claw Grant's back, or they catch his shirt or something. They just claw his shirt. Yeah. And... um. And he picks them up. He he picks up the kids. They start running again, and then they th- he throws them down. And then Lex lands in this huge pile of shit. And, and she, do you remember that she falls in the in the pterodactyl crap? I don't remember that. She does. She falls in the pterodactyl crap, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And then the pterodactyls, he. Grant misses picking her up or something, and the, he turns around, and one of the pterodactyls has Lex by the shoulders trying to pick her up, and she's screaming like hell, and the thing is pecking her forehead, and it's... <laughs> I thought that was funny, the way it was described in the novel, but it, she turns out fine. She didn't have any kind of issue from it. No, not even much of any scratches. And it turns out, all that they were looking for was her baseball mitt. Oh, it takes her yeah. baseball mitt, and they all fly away. <laughs> okay, that's that's where you're going. I, yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah, she really did love that baseball cap. <laughs> she did. Uh, but side note. Yeah, I think I do think that the um, the novel. And the, the novel translated very well to the movie. Mm. It was a, I, I it really, is just a freaking masterpiece of a novel. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. Very well put together. He, unlike a lot of authors these days, Michael Crichton would actually go and investigate and learn about these different fields so that he would know what to write about and how to accurately write it. Yeah, yeah. So it it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. from a scientific standpoint. Even if his, even I, if what he's writing is wrong, it still makes sense. Like a lot of that stuff went over my head, but I still definitely was like very invested in what he was uh, describing and whatnot. So yeah, like he said, I just really enjoyed it too. It's it's really good. <laughs> definitely read the novel. Hashtag. Read. For real, people need to start reading more. But of course, I mean, not everybody's going to be able to do that, which is why, like, I mean, 
We're not sponsored. Hold up. We're not sponsored. <laughs> Hold up. First of all, you stop that. Second of all, no, what I was going to say is my point was uh, more people have phones nowadays than access to libraries and whatnot, especially during this time because I'm going to assume a lot of libraries are closed down nowadays. I thought you were going to mention Audible. I am going to mention... Okay, that's why you... Okay, I see what you did there. Yeah, okay, I'm picking up what you put down. <laughs> but I was going to say... <laughs> fuck you. Did I you, stole your thumb? You ruined my segue. <laughs> it took me a second to figure out why you brought that up. <laughs> God. Co-host, am I right? We're supposed to work together with the segues, not set them up for failure. <laughs> but no, my point is, you have a phone, so you're more likely to be have access to Audible. Not hashtag not sponsored. Jesus Christ. That's what I was trying to get out. This is that how was we... funny. <laughs> okay, that was a good bit. I want to leave that <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, well anyways. I think that's all that's about wraps it up. That's all we have the time for. Cause apparently it's snowing to where I'm about to travel to tonight. Yes, I'm traveling. Deal with it. I'm staying safe. Leave me alone. <laughs> we could say more. We definitely have a lot more that we could say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's but a lot I think, to talk about. <laughs> I do think that the the vast the, the main majority of points that we were trying to make have been made. Mm. It's that um, like, the movie trans or the the book translates very well to the movie, <laughs> and they stayed very close to the source material. Mm. And Michael Crichton did a very good job of investigating all of these things he was writing about. Mm. And he, the guy has a, I don't know if it's a PhD. I just know he, he does have a medical degree. I feel like he might, but that's something we can look up later. Definitely. But regardless, good stuff. If you haven't seen the movie, what are you doing? <laughs> Go back to 1993, before the pandemic was ever even a thing. Sit down in the theater and watch the movie. It'd be worth your while. I guarantee it. Spared no expense. <laughs> that's another Pull thing. Pull Marty McFly. <laughs> also made by... No, just kidding. <laughs> I, can't, I was about to make the dumbest mistake. Robert Zemeckis, not Steven Spielberg, although I think Steven Spielberg helped produce it, maybe. I could be right about that. I had to catch myself. I was going to say something stupid. Anyways. All right. I think we're out of here. So, uh... Hopefully, people are listening, and if you are, thank you for listening to our first episode, and hopefully listen to this one whenever it comes out. TBH. Don't, don't know when that's going to happen. I'll have to find a time to edit it. But until next time, uh, lame-ass outro. Insert, it's your boys. Insert here. <laughs> <laughs> it's your boys, J-Barb and C-Wag. <laughs> that doesn't fit. No, we're done. Okay. <laughs> Good, goodbye. <laughs> that, that, that's it. <laughs>